Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. This Christmas, feel joy, gift joy, and send them joy with the perfect gift at Arnott's. Explore an endless array of gifting that will bring joy to everyone on your list. Shop Irish at the Christmas market, support emerging new businesses with Pitch 22, or find something extra special from one of our world-class brands. Shop in-store and online at arnott's.ie. Monsters is a podcast about the worst human beings on the planet. Listener discretion is advised. Carrie Stainer's younger brother, Stephen, was kidnapped in 1972, and Stainer said he felt neglected by his parents while they were dealing with the disappearance. When Stephen escaped after seven years in captivity, there was a massive amount of media attention on the family. The focus was not on Carrie, though, which is why so many people didn't notice him turning into quite a troubled young man. This is Monsters. The abduction of seven-year-old Stephen Stainer was a major event in Carrie Stainer's life. He was 11 years old at the time, and not only did he lose his brother, but his parents were now constantly grieving the loss of their youngest child. He just up and disappeared. Was he still alive? Was he being harmed? There were no answers, and that despair lasted for seven years when Stephen miraculously escaped from his captor, Kenneth Parnell. In 1989, Stephen died in a motorcycle accident, and then the following year, Carrie Stainer's uncle, Jerry Stainer, was murdered. Carrie was living with Jerry at the time of the murder, and no arrests were ever made. Stainer attempted suicide in 1991 by carbon monoxide poisoning. He checked himself into the Merced County Mental Health Facility, believing that he was having a mental breakdown in 1995. In 1997, he was arrested for possession of marijuana and methamphetamines. It was also in 1997 that he was hired as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge, just outside of the Ark Rock entrance to Yosemite National Park. He worked there for almost two years, and it seemed like the perfect job for him. He had full access to Yosemite, which was a place he truly loved. 
he would occasionally smoke some pot and lay out in the sun. On February 12, 1999, Carol Sund, her 15-year-old daughter Julie, and their 16-year-old foreign exchange student, Sylvina Palasso, traveled from Eureka, California, to the Cedar Lodge in El Portal. They arrived at the lodge on the 14th. The following day, the three women hiked all over the park, exploring the trails and viewing the giant sequoia trees. Later that evening, they rented some movies at the lodge's customer service desk and settled into their room for the night. Little did they know that they had been stalked since they arrived at the park. Stainer had been watching the mother and two teen girls since the previous night. After peeping at them through one of the windows in their room, he decided to make his move. He knocked on the door and told the occupants that he needed to fix the fan in their bathroom. He recalled seeing the movie Jerry Maguire playing on the television as he pulled out a twenty-two caliber pistol and ordered Carol, Julie, and Sylvina to lie face down on the floor. He used duct tape to restrain their hands and gag all three of them. He later told investigators that he put the teenaged girls in the bathroom and then strangled Carol with a three-foot piece of rope. He explained during his confession, quote, I didn't realize how hard it is to strangle a person, end quote. Stainer said it took five minutes to strangle the woman to death. Quote, it's not easy. I had very little feeling. It was like performing a task. End quote. He took Carol's body outside and put it in the trunk of her rental car. When he went back into the room, he brought both girls out of the bathroom and cut their clothes off. He attempted to get them to engage in sexual acts with each other, but they wouldn't cooperate. After becoming irritated by Sylvina's constant crying, he took her back into the bathroom and strangled her. He then raped Julie in the room that they had rented, but when the girl asked to go to the bathroom, he took her into the room next door so she wouldn't see Sylvina's body. He then raped her again in that room before leaving her tied up on the bed. He put Sylvina's body in the trunk of the car with Carol's and cleaned up the rented room. He removed all of his victim's belongings from the room and left the key on the room's desk. When the housekeeping staff went into the room the next morning, they just assumed the group had checked out, as people regularly just leave the keys in the room when they do so. Nothing was out of place and there were no signs of foul play. Investigators said that he had even made sure to remove his own hairs from the bed. At about 4 a.m., Stainer put Julie in the rental car and started driving around. As the sun started coming up, Stainer parked the car near Lake Pedro, a few hours west of Yosemite, and carried Julie up a trail to a clearing. He sexually assaulted her one more time before brushing her hair and cutting her throat. He said he looked away as she died. He then hit her body in the brush and left. He drove the rented Red Pontiac Grand Prix about an hour northeast on Highway 108 and went as far into the woods as he could. Then he stole the cash out of Carol's purse and took a cab back to Yosemite. A few days later, he returned to the car and used a pocket knife to scratch, quote, we have Sarah, end quote, on the hood of the car. While driving around before being killed, Julie had told Stainer that her name was Sarah. He then poured gasoline on the car and lit it on fire with the bodies of Carol and Sylvina still in the trunk. In an effort to throw off authorities, Stainer drove two hours west to Modesto and dropped Carol's wallet on a street corner. When Carol, Julie, and Sylvina didn't return home from their trip, Carol's husband, Jen Sund, called the police to report his family missing. When investigators learned that the rental car had never been returned, 
the search was on for the three missing women. During the month-long missing persons search, Carol's wallet was found on the street in Modesto, and it did throw off the investigation. They did focus a lot of energy on search efforts in Modesto, but eventually the burnt-out rental car was found by a hiker in the woods off Highway 108. The FBI arrived on the scene and found two bodies in the trunk that were burned beyond recognition. Dental records confirmed that they were the bodies of Carol and Sylvina. Julie was still missing and authorities were not hopeful that she was still alive. Carrie Stainer ended up sending a letter to the FBI with a hand-drawn map of the location of Julie's body. The top of the note read, quote, We had fun with this one, end quote. Authorities found Julie's body at the location depicted on the map. Investigators had four men listed as their main suspects. All had criminal records, and most were sex offenders. They had another seven people on the list that were heavily investigated as either being witnesses or accomplices. Their main suspect was a man who had just shot a Modesto police officer and was currently in jail. Two of the other four main suspects were also in jail due to parole violations. Police interviewed Stainer since he worked at the Cedar Lodge at the time of the women's disappearance, but since he was clean-cut and had no criminal record outside of a marijuana charge, he was never considered a suspect. Even though they had no evidence to charge anyone, authorities believed the murderer was already in jail. On July 22nd, park rangers found the body of 26-year-old Joey Ruth Armstrong. Her body was decapitated, and her head was found in a nearby body of water. Joey was a naturalist at the Yosemite Institute, now called Nature Bridge. She lived in a cabin with her boyfriend and another roommate in the Yosemite Valley, about 15 miles east of El Portal. Her job at the Institute was to lead visiting kids through the trails and teach them about the local plants and animals. On July 21st, Joey had returned home from work to an empty cabin. Her boyfriend and roommate were both out of town, and she had told a co-worker that she was nervous about being at her cabin alone. She had a trip planned for the next day, so she spent the evening packing her truck in preparation to leave in the morning. Stainer pulled up next to her cabin, got out, and asked if she had ever seen Bigfoot. When he was sure she was alone, he pulled a gun and told her to go into the cabin. Once inside, he tied her hands and put duct tape over her mouth and then loaded her into the passenger seat of his International Scout. Before he was able to get off of the dirt road that led to her cabin, Joey managed to jump from the vehicle and run toward a friend's cabin that was nearby. Stainer sprung from the Scout and managed to catch up with her. He grabbed her from behind and sliced his knife along her throat. He continued to slash at her neck until she was completely decapitated. He hid her body in the brush and discarded her head about 40 feet away. As he was driving out of the area, his vehicle broke down and he had to hitch a ride with a passing park ranger. The ranger would later say that nothing seemed unusual about the man when he gave him a ride to the Cedar Lodge. A witness told investigators that there was a blue International Scout parked outside of Joey's cabin the night that she was murdered. That information led them to Carrie Stainer who they interviewed and also searched his backpack and his vehicle before letting him go. When they searched his apartment, though, they found evidence linking him to the murder of Joey Armstrong, and eventually they found evidence that linked him to the murders of Carol Sund, Julie Sund, and Sylvina Palazzo. On July 24, 1999, Stainer was arrested for murder. 
While being interrogated, he told investigators that he would tell them everything if they provided him with a big stack of child porn. He also demanded that his family get the $250,000 reward offered by Carol's son's husband and the family. His last demand was to be housed in a new federal prison that was being built near his hometown in California. Authorities granted him none of these requests. They surely couldn't provide him with child pornography. They had no control over the reward money or over what facility he would be housed in. An FBI agent on the case said Stainer also asked him to get a hold of some producers in Los Angeles. He wanted a movie to be made about him, just like the movie that was made about his brother when he escaped captivity in 1980. Clearly, there was some pent-up resentment against his brother going on. Despite not receiving any of what he asked for, Stainer eventually confessed to everything. He told investigators that he had fantasies about killing women since he was seven years old. He gave details about the murders that nobody but the killer would have known. He gave them the knife that he used to kill Joey Armstrong. He apologized to the victim's families and said, quote, I wish I could have controlled myself and not done what I did, end quote. If that wasn't enough, Stainer also told investigators that his original plan was to kill his girlfriend and then rape and kill her two daughters, who were 8 and 11 years old. He claimed to have attempted to carry out his plan on multiple occasions, but one of the times he chickened out, and another he was unable to locate his girlfriend and her daughters. He originally took a plea deal to avoid the death penalty, but ended up pleading not guilty by reason of insanity at trial. His lawyers claimed that his family had a history of sexual abuse and mental illness, which caused him to commit the murders. Psychiatrists that testified for the prosecution claimed that, though he did suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorder, mild autism, and paraphilia, he was sane and knew what he was doing at the time that the crimes were committed. On August 27, 2002, Kerry Stainer was found guilty of four counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to death and is currently on death row at San Quentin Penitentiary. California has not carried out any executions since 2006, so it's likely that he will die in prison. He is 59 years old. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Be safe. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can help us out by leaving us a review or rating on whatever podcast app you listen through. You can also subscribe to the show to ensure you don't miss an episode. Also, remember that if you'd like to support the show, you can find information on how to do that at thisismonsters.com forward slash support. Thanks again. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for lucky seven. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa. Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see certaireland.ie. 
This Christmas, feel joy, gift joy and send them joy with the perfect gift at Arnott's. Explore an endless array of gifting that will bring joy to everyone on your list. Shop Irish at the Christmas market, support emerging new businesses with Pitch 22 or find something extra special from one of our world-class brands. Shop in-store and online at arnott's.ie. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.